Ah, church, it's a good day. Listen, I need to to do an announcement because I keep forgetting at the end. Um, I've actually had people asking the past few weeks, how do we give our tithes and offerings at First Baptist? It is embarrassing. And so at the end of service, sometimes I'm, I'm caught up in where God is pulling us and I don't remember. So so let this be the announcement uh, for tithes and offerings. A, God doesn't need your money, number one. B, um, God does require that we submit everything unto him as an act of obedience. And so we do tithe and practice giving at First Baptist. But at the exits, there are offering boxes that are there. You can give online as well. Um, I, I, I never, I was telling Scott, I said, man, I'm, it's embarrassed when, um, when you don't, honor the Lord that way uh, as I'm talking about it. So please forgive me in that. It's a weird thing. Uh, This morning, we are in a very special place. Um, This sermon has been super tender on my heart. We're in Acts chapter 15. I really thought we would get out of this book or out of this chapter uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, But we're going to be in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And today we're talking about lingering wounds. Uh, we're talking about those wounds that fester, that, that stay behind, and that stay with us. I, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but this is a passage. What I didn't want to do is I didn't want to um, preach a Bible study and sprinkle it with Jesus, some kind of self-help thing or, or anything like that. Um, in 1996, I got into the University of Texas A&M as a business major. Um, whoop, that's right. You can do that. This is a great place to do it. Um, I went to junior college for a couple of years because that's how we were going to pay for the latter two years of college. And so went in as a, as a junior, uh, started off in my business classes, started dating Christy about the same period of time and realized I could graduate sooner if I didn't stay in the business school, but if I went to the school of psychology instead. That was, why, that was how I determined my major in college was how do I get married quicker because the rule around our house was you can get married anytime you want but the moment you become your own man and get married all the bills become yours as well and her private college was expensive so I could wait amen I, I could hold off just a little bit um, but but an interesting thing is I, I loved business I loved getting into that um, switched into psychology against my youth minister's um, directive he he shared David when you go to school do not major in something worthless like psychology or like bible like it's very clear like you're going to get bible in seminary the psychology degree it doesn't help as much as you think go into business and so I'm like go into business so wrote into it so I find myself not in business anymore trying to convince my counselor at Texas A&M why switching majors was a good idea and it wasn't just about a girl but it was really just about a girl and and I went through all of my classes graduated my uh, BS in psychology from Texas A&M and let me tell you what I learned the people and if you're a psychology major I'm a I can talk about us right the people who were psychology majors were broken people trying to figure out themselves or someone that they loved that was really broken I I would tell you this I I that may not be a hundred percent true I've just only met a hundred percent of the people who met that and that would be the guy looking in the mirror as well the, the, the wounds that, that, we, that we find ourselves in aren't shallow 30-minute uh, 80s episode TV wounds. 
wounds linger and fester. And, and what, we, what we tend to do, what I watched and what I learned, and then when I was willing to let the Holy Spirit shine his light and his mirror in my life is we, we, don't, we don't mess with wounds. We, we think ignoring them will make them heal up or scab over or scar up and cartilage around it, whatever, and, and be tough later on. So what we tend to do as a society, and, and I'll, I'll, both hands of mine are raised, so please, when I say we, I mean me too. We build around our wounds and we pretend like that's healing. We, we just put fences and guards, we lock that door to the house and, and we, we pretend like Broken is just the norm because it is, but it's just what I've got to put up with and what I've got to deal with throughout my life. I want you to know, I think that's completely inaccurate of how God intends us to live. I think it's, it's not only unbiblical, it is the anti-gospel, I would say, to believe that something other than life through Jesus Christ fully and completely is what God wants for you. Because to, to say that would mean that the gospel is not as powerful as it is. And God says the gospel is the power of salvation, the power of life. But the truth is, if we were to raise hands, do not raise your hands right now. But, but who in this room whether you've claimed Christ for years, weeks, months, days, or not at all, has wounds that you thought would be healed by now, but they are not. Your, your life might look like my psychology class looked to me right now. Shards everywhere. So is there a real power in God's word? Is there real power in the life of Christ to heal? Or do we just need to become so fantastic at building up other rooms, right? Let's make the den really beautiful so that no one ever goes into the study. <laughs> let's, let's make our bathrooms really nice so no, no one ever checks in the garage. See, here's a truth wounds will keep coming but whether they linger in your life or not is completely between you and the lord in fact the totality of it is between you and god in church i want you to know something i am as guilty at causing wounds to others as i am receiving them from others Martin Luther said, if I told people how difficult it was to be a pastor, I would scare everybody off. Like, amen to that. But you know what? If I told my son all the wounds that come with being a dad, we would no longer have children. Mom, ladies, if you said, here are all the wounds that come from a relationship, we would never have relationships. Wounds are gonna come because the world is fallen and sinful because the world is full of brokenness. And I want you to know what Christ designs for his people and for his kingdom is not that we keep carrying our wounds and insecurities. Insecurities, a lot of them are just wounds that I haven't let God heal. And, and, and anger and hate, and we, we pretend like they're not there until something tees it off. 
Church, I believe wholeheartedly that God did not design wounds to linger in his people's life, but instead has a healing that's intended for all of us. Not just one day, but two days. Because to say that Jesus Christ is only sufficient to make you whole one day is not the gospel that says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Here's the problem. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and know that he has come that you might have life to the full, would you raise your hand? You know that. I'll put it down. I give you permission to participate or not if you don't want to. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and know that to be true, but know you have, have wounds and people that you know have wounds and they love Jesus that don't give them the ability to have a full life. Would you put your hand up if you are, if you know somebody that's ever been like that? Yeah. It would seem, it would seem that something is wrong. So it either has to be our understanding of God through Jesus Christ or maybe it has to do with us so it's a little bit heavier day today even in, in preparing this I was calling my wife I was calling Ashley I was calling other people just in, in praying through this and talking through these things because I believe healing is real but we have to stop brushing over this idea that we can tough through it with Jesus that's not, that's not scriptural. Are you ready? Okay, Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 41. The Bible says this, it's, it's awesome. And after some days, remember last week, awesome breakthrough, amazing stuff is happening. The, the, the council has just talked about how Paul and Barnabas are the go. They're preaching the word. Verse 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and let's see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought it was best not to take them with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to work. And there arose such a sharp disagreement, so they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cecilia, into, excuse me, Cecilia, Cecil, Lord of mercy, Cilicia, strengthening the churches now i want you to follow with me here barnabas put it all on the line for paul i would tell you that there is no other person in paul's life that he could say i'm indebted to paul says it a lot he says i mean you owe me your life finally you know just just kind of how it works I mean, you, you'd probably all be dead without me. Paul's good about saying you're indebted to me. If there's anyone that Paul's indebted to, it's Barnabas. Barnabas put it on the line for him. Barnabas took rocks with him. I'm not saying he drew rocks. I'm saying he took rocks to the face. He means he was, he was hated. He journeyed where Paul was. This wasn't just a relationship. This was a brotherhood steeped in Christ. 
that had been through the valley and the mountains. And Paul was so against the idea of bringing John Mark with him that he was willing to say, Barnabas, I won't walk with you if you're walking with him. All that we've done, all that you're doing, you go your way and I'll go mine. I love you and I'll preach you the best, but I'm not walking by your side if he's walking by you. Do you feel the pain in that? So we, we gloss over this stuff, but do you feel the pain in that? I don't know where it came from. I was reading about how it kind of worked off. If you remember, Pamphylia is where um, everything kind of got started. Nothing really bad had happened to Paul and Barnabas yet. It was just getting started. They were away from home. And John Mark, he said deuces, and he went to Jerusalem like it wasn't for him. The Bible doesn't give it a reason. Obviously, Paul thought it was insufficient, whatever he said. And look what John Mark bailed early in John Mark didn't get chased down by the Jews John Mark didn't get stoned and left for dead John Mark didn't have to heal up in the hospital John Mark didn't have to get cursed at and hated John Mark bailed early and didn't walk the road with me how can I walk the road with him do you feel what he might have felt the same anger someone who's striking for a union has for that person that walks the line too early. Self-justified, self-acknowledged, real burn. I, I want you to know, I don't see any emotional, relational way that John Mark's hurt to Paul wasn't amazingly deep and now by consequence by his actions Paul's hurt to John Mark is not anything but amazingly deep this is a real sore pain I, I, and, I, and I, I want you to know this because you and I have real pains. There are really people that have hurt you and burned you and you thought you could take it or you thought you could be strong. There are real people that have wounded you in your life. And the question is, does that wound remain until the return of Jesus Christ? Does it dictate how you speak to others? Does it challenge how you make decisions? Does it help you talk all about Christ while praying in secret in your hidden closet? God, you are great. Why? Why am I still lingering in pain? I only take this seriously because I believe this is the confession of the majority of people who call themselves Christ. I really do. So God gives us Paul, but I want you to know something. Here's what we do know. In the book of Colossians chapter four, Paul's writing to the church and he says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner greets you and Mark, cousin of Barnabas, 
concerning whom you've received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Second Timothy. The Bible says it this way in Second Timothy. Excuse me, if I can find my, my marker here. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Luke alone is with me. This is Paul writing. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me in ministry. How does God take such a deep wound that caused the, the splitting of ways of, of two brothers steeped in Christ and one day make it whole again so much so that the guy who had, would have nothing to do with John Mark is now saying, please get him and bring him to me because I need him. That's Holy Spirit healing. Now, I want you to hear this. We live in a day where the world does not desire Holy Spirit, Spirit healing for you. Why? Because it needs to bring something up later on to serve its purposes. But I think the church is different when we show the world that we have a God who heals the deepest wounds and remakes the most broken things into newness because that is odd. It is solid and it is whole. I, I don't want to stay wounded. I don't want to stay mad. I don't want to stay hurt. I don't want to nurture this pain because God does not want it for you. So what does that look like? We don't know exactly what happened in the life of John, Mark, and Paul, but the scripture is full. First of all, I want you to walk with me. There's an understanding that we have to get to about reconciliation and the word healing, okay? If we don't get this right, I think sometimes we might miss everything else and start walking down this psychologically, emotional, cognitive, fleshly way of walking through things. And we're going to take a spiritual walk today. We are not walking through the pages of my dusty psychology books that have no use to me. So first of all, understanding the word reconciliation. It means to bring into agreement and into harmony. So we have to ask the question, do we have healing when we are in agreement or harmony with those who have wounded us? That's a real question. If you look through the pages of scripture, we are called to be reconciled at different times. We can find it in the book of, of Matthew. Matthew chapter five, verse 24. What Jesus says is if you're taking something altar and you've offended someone, you've hurt someone, drop it and be reconciled. Stop what you've done. If you have hurt your brother, drop it and go and make right. Be in harmony. Be into agreement with them. We can find it in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 7. When Paul is talking about a husband and a wife who are fighting, who are disagreement, the wife wants to, to bow out. And he says, be reconciled to your husband. Be in harmony, be in agreement. We, we can also find it in Romans chapter 5 when it says God reconciles. 
the world to himself. God reconciles us because of our sin. Now, here's what I want you to know about reconciliation. All three of those happen within the context of the kingdom. You, you need to know, one, if you sin against anybody, if you wound somebody, it's the reputation of Christ in the line. It's up to you to make it right. Number one, end of story, I don't care what they did to you. But, but if we go further in that, what it says clearly is there is supposed to be harmony, unity within the body of Christ between brothers and sisters in Christ, between a, a man and a woman whom Christ brings together in union and unity, and between God and his church. And when we sin against God, we're brought out of harmony with God. We need to be reconciled. The only way we're reconciled with God is through the cross. He provided the means and the opportunity and the motive. But I will tell you, do you notice what is missing in reconciliation? God does not want you to be in harmony with those outside of the body of Christ. He calls you to live at peace with the world. But he doesn't call you to be aligned with it in harmony with it. See, I think at times we can preach a message in the church that, that states that reconciliation and harmony is always the goal. And in it, we, we, we permeate this, this idea that healing from wounds equals harmony with everybody around me. If that is the case, then we turn healing into the destructive power of sin because we we start making you look like a martyr I, I look through scripture about reconciliation and and getting on the same page somehow and i i am guilty of being in this line of light anyone ever stood on on the road spiritually so to speak in front of someone in sin people claim christ or not we're not on that this it, are they live they're not living for christ and you go stand in front of them and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong, I love you, and they floor it and run over you. Has that ever happened to anybody? Somewhere in the church, we've thought, you know what you need to do if you're a good Christian, this is what you need to do. You need to get up and you get back in the road and you stand there and say, I love you, and guess what they do again? They reverse the car and back up. And then with one leg broken, spiritually wounded, God, when's it gonna work? We say it's holy, it's amazing if you'll stand back on the road and say, let's do it again. Search the pages of scripture. Paul is never like, that stone you threw, that didn't hurt. Paul never keeps inviting that in. He goes where Christ sends him, but his goal is not to be at harmony in alignment with a sinful world. It's to be reconciled with the bride of Christ. Church, if you and I are looking for healing from harmony with sin, then we are undercutting the power of God by saying, God, you are insufficient to make me whole. I need this person too. Church, I want you to know healing does not come through 
any other person outside of Jesus Christ. Even the confession, even the forgiveness asked by the person who wounds you, even, even the greatest ownership of it is insufficient. Only Christ. So, so how does, does healing occur in Scripture? Well, first of all, these aren't steps. These are just truths. Healing needs acknowledgement. In other words, we have to have to know that confession takes confrontation. Confession takes confrontation. You and I have to acknowledge our wounds before the Almighty God. In other words, we have to be willing to say, God, I am hurt. I am not as strong as I am. I am in need. I mean, think about it. With Paul and Barnabas, I don't even know what happened. But in this moment, John Mark bailed. But what does he do? He is back ready the second time. I let you down the first time. But listen, I acknowledge, I've, I confess. I need to be honest. I want to see if there's something wrong or, or, or wicked in me. Over and over in scripture it says don't hide things in the dark but instead allow the light, allow Jesus Christ to shine in those things. We can look to passages like Psalm 139 and David says it all through the Psalms. Search me, know me, God. My, my acknowledgement is, is my confession demands that you come in and let me know what's really going on. Confession demands confrontation. I was reading in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 12. The Bible says this, Jeremiah the prophet is talking to God and said, righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you. Yet I would plead my case before you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the treacherous thrive? You plant them and they take root. They grow and produce. You are near in their mouth and you're, you're far from their hearts. But you, O oh Lord, know me. God, I, I confess, you know me. So when he, when he spills the beans, then he says what's on his heart. These people are, are hateful to the Lord. They're hateful to Jeremiah. And he says, you see me. You test my heart towards you. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and set them apart for the day of slaughter. And Jeremiah is saying, God, Look inside my heart. I am angry. I'm disappointed. This, th there's obviously something in me that is a festering wound. And the way I think it needs to be dealt with, I won't hide from you. Cut it out. Take them out. I was driving Oh, 15, 20 years ago through uh, Dallas down to, to A&M, kind of going by Waco and turned on the radio. It was late at night trying to hear talk radio and Christian channel came on just in time for me to hear a guy praying for God to kill certain people by name. No joke. Like, oh my gosh. Are, are you confessing that to God? Are you trying to make God do what you want to do? You see, confrontation is not saying to God, here's what you have to do. It's saying, God, look inside of me and I want you to see all the pain from this wound in my life. 
Church, that's the invitation of Christ. Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's the gift of his word in 2 Timothy. And the, the word of God is useful, it's profitable for rebuking, teaching, correcting, training in righteousness that we may stand. Church, we have to know that healing won't happen if you're not willing to let God confront your hurt. As I thought through that, I started to unpack it more and looking in scripture. And I, and I wrote it this way. I know I have to acknowledge, God, you see more than I do, but whatever you show, I have to present it to you. I, 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 have, to, I have to make it available to you. In other words, if you're gonna expel, if you're gonna heal me, then I have to expose, I have to expose my hurt. <laughs> I don't know about you. Any, have you ever used Teladoc? You know, there's Teladoc in here. Teladoc is, is this amazing thing where you call in or you video chat. You don't even have to video chat. You can do it all blind. And you can tell them what you want them to hear. Right? Or, or you can show them. I've teledoc with a couple of people in there. I'm like, man, you're driving right now. That steering wheel's in the way. I, I don't have to expose everything to you. I just have to expose enough until you can give me a hint of what I would like to do. This is why we don't do surgery through teledoc. It's like, okay, I'm, I've got the, I'm online remote. What's happening? My knee is kind of hurting. Is that your knee? No, that's my son, but he needs discipline. Go after it, right? We, we, don't, we don't do major stuff because you can't be exposed. It, it's sometimes medicine without accountability. That's why they only do like little things by teledoc. Like you have a headache, I'll prescribe you some aspirin. If it's serious, they say, go and expose yourself to a real person in the presence. Church, are you willing not to just say, God, I get it, I'm a sinful person, but are you willing to say, if you want to be whole, God, I want you to see the inside of me. I want you to be present in dealing with my hurt. We saw it last week as we talked about Isaac and Jacob. Jacob saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. The woman with the issue of blood saying, I will come out of hiding to reach for Jesus. We'll see it with the centurion whose servant is dying at home. He says, I will expose my love for someone everyone thinks is lesser than me. He had to go to Jesus. The woman at the well, why are you talking to me? She ran back home to her Samaritan friends. Let me show you the man who told me everything I ever did. He's not a Samaritan, he's a Jew. She exposed herself to God. The men in the tombs, over and over and over, church, I want you to see what scripture says is true. John chapter eight, verse 12. Jesus is the light of the world and there is no darkness that people can walk in when they walk in him. He is the light of life. That wounds that we harbor that you think can never be erased. 
Have you exposed them to the healer or just acknowledged them? Have you, have you made yourself available to God? Because we can't keep hiding our wounds from him and expect healing any more than we can hide our sin from him and expect the same. Jesus starts his invitation with come and the last words of revelation are come. Are you willing to expose your wounds to the master physician? Check this. I think it's one thing to acknowledge my pain. I think it's another thing to expose ourselves and that takes bravery, so to speak, although we have a God who loves us and invites us to do so. But the real thing is the next step. You have to follow, right? We have to, acceptance takes action. How do I know if you have accepted something? That you do it. When doctors give advice, they call it what? Do you remember, do you know? Opinions, opinions, I, I love that. Well, it's my opinion that what you have is not poison ivy, it's just a reaction to this. Have you ever said, no, no, thank you very much, but I know what poison ivy looks like and feels like. Can I just have the cream, please? In my opinion, your ankle is tweaked really bad. It's not broken. Thank you very much for your opinion, but it hurts like the Dickens. So I'm going somewhere else because I know it's broken. Do you have x-ray vision? I don't need it. I know. You see, when, when that's our response to the doctor, we aren't following. We're not accepting the path to healing are we when we acknowledge our wounds before Jesus Christ and those lingering wounds they become into golden cows really quick they become idolatry they become sinful safeguards we acknowledge them that's part of it when we expose ourselves that's big but if you present it to Jesus Christ and take no action then you have not accepted his offer of healing right and I started looking at the words that Jesus told people when he healed them I want you to say noun or verb okay noun or verb all right you ready for this this is this is uh I'm long already we'll keep going this will be participation noun or verb confess what is it it's a verb let's go repent verb go verb come Verb, drop, verb, stand, follow, hope, verb, 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 believe, live, verb. Jesus doesn't heal without acceptance. Take up your mat and walk, verb, command. You see, if you and I do not accept the power of Jesus Christ to heal what has been killing you your whole life, then you will not know healing because you have not accepted the lordship of Christ over that wound. And I'm not selling you some false snake oil 
have a spasm somewhere in the room. This is just the word of God, the truth of scripture. I have no power. I can heal no wound, only the perfect one, Jesus Christ, who is who he says he is, can bring healing. That doesn't mean that we aren't to encourage one another, that we aren't to pray for one another. It doesn't mean that we're not supposed to counsel one another. All of those are in Christ, but all of those things point to Jesus Christ. Church, if you and I want to see Christ heal lingering wounds, he's not saying, wait a minute. He's saying, will you accept, will you accept my healing and take action on my word church have you been ignoring the great physician because you don't know what life is like without the hurt that has made you you Have you been refusing to follow God? You've been willing to confess to him. You've been willing to expose yourself to him. But have you been doing all of those things but not following him because you tried for a moment, for a day, for a season and it didn't work for you? Listen, we serve an almighty God who sent his son to be tempted in every way, to be abused, forsaken, forgotten, beaten, and killed. And that God was able to make him rise from the dead and become the path, the bridge to life eternal for all who would believe. If he is that powerful, is he not able to heal your lingering wounds? See, at the end, we have to trust the Lord. I think that's what Paul and John Mark did. Jesus says in the book of John, I have overcome. I have overcome. Do you believe that about Jesus Christ? I mean, do you, do you believe he is the overcomer? He's too big to be compartmentalized. He doesn't just overcome like the train lever to hell and heaven. He didn't like arm wrestle Satan and beat him out for that role. But he has overcome all things. And if you are his bride, and in Ephesians chapter five, he tells husbands to mirror him by presenting his bride, our wives, holy and blameless, then he's saying, then I am here not to present the Lord, my God, my Father. 
I, I'm not to present him with a bunch of broken, beat down, halfway saved, we made it by the skin of our teeth. People, we're not coming out of war marching into heaven, barely hanging on. Jesus came to give us life so that he would present us to his Father, holy and blameless. Will you accept the power of the overcomer? Oh, church, there is no need for any wound to have to linger. Pain, healing pain may take time, but that's different than a lingering, festering wound. And we serve an almighty God who allowed a wound so deep in Paul that it made him split ways with a loved one to be reconciled because of him. And I believe with everything I've got, that is God's design, not simply desire, for everyone who follows him. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, I, I do not, Lord, I don't wanna minimize the wounds that are represented in this room or that are watching online. I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna play them down. Lord, there are people that have been abused physically and emotionally. There have been people that have been verbally destroyed and decimated. There are people that have been rejected, forsaken and forgotten. There are people who have been swindled by those they trust been taken by the ones they love Lord you call us to be alert but you don't call us to hurt forever so Lord I pray first of all that you would change the desires of the hearts in this room oh God that we would present to you acknowledging Lord we want you to confront what's hidden in that under that room under lock and key. Father, let us be willing and trusting enough to expose the reality of that truth, even as Jeremiah did, even if it's ugly. Father, let us take action and follow you. Accept your healing and forgiveness. Lord, let us accept the forgiveness for the wounds we've caused. Help us to reconcile and make it right, but the forgiveness that's offered doesn't, doesn't recognize or, or impact our healing. Lord, that's in your hands. So Lord, if there's any in this room today, Lord, that has in this moment been struggling with those wounds, Father, I pray that they would present them to you. They have no need to present them to me. But Father, if there are those who are hurting, those who don't know, you don't even know how to start, Lord, let it begin with the journey of Jesus Christ. Let their first acknowledgement be that they have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Lord, let the exposing be their confession, their acknowledgement that you, oh God, have provided the only way to life through your son, Jesus Christ. We love you in your name, amen.